If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. interested in creative degrees in games, sound, film, journalism, or maybe you'd like to mix and match, you can head to murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts to learn more about what we've got going on on offer. Uh, that's murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts, or you can see uh, search Murdoch University for more information. Murdoch University School of Arts, proudly supporting Pixel Sift. Hello, hello, and welcome to Pixel Sift. I am your host, Scott. And for those of you joining us for the first time, we are a show dedicated to indie developers from around Australia and the world. Joining me tonight is my co-host, Fiona. Hello, Fiona. Hello. Uh, and I, well, Hello, hello back to you, sorry. <laughs> our guests this evening are Lockie Betts and Jeff Hayes from Grease Monkey Games. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you, thank you. No worries at all. Uh, yes, yeah, so Lockie and Jeff are here to talk about their competitive drifting game, Talk Drift. But before we get to that, what are we covering, Fiona? So tonight we'll also be talking about licensing and representations of real-world products within video games, so like cars and weapons and how it affects developments. All right, all that coming up in just a sec. Visit us on pixelsift.com.au. This week, we are talking about uh, licensing and representation of real-world products in games. Um, it's come to light through Reddit um, that um, last year, um, well, over the last few years, there's been brands pulling out of games because they didn't like to be assigned and associated with the things that happened within those games. And I'm talking Need for Speed um, mainly and Toyota not wanting to be part of that. And we chose today's topic because, fortunately enough, our guests are very much related to that. Um, cars are very, mo- very much not your thing, Fiona. No, they're not. My, I have friends who are very much more into car racing games than I am. But did some research anyway, and there's some cars like Toyota pulled out last year of Forza, but then also Honda pulled out of Needs for Speed a few years prior to that, I think it was about 2012, 2013, because they didn't want their brand associated with illegal street driving. Yeah, or such a trash game, but that's uh, <laughs> that's just my hot take on it. Um, I mean, they pl- there are plenty of uh, proper licensed titles out there, you know, um, the NBA or FIFA series or anything, Madden NFL um, all the WWEs, uh, even Tony Hawk, but these were all like properly supported by the brands or the products themselves, like committing to their name on it. Um, and in saying that, there are a lot of games out there that, which, that go without endorsement, um, and, you know, like almost start off on the back foot, say like Pro Evolution Soccer or Skate or Rumble Roses. 
Uh, but going back to Honda, the reason why Honda um, stopped appearing in the games uh, specifically, yeah, like you said, is because they didn't want to uh, be affiliated with you know car- their cars getting chased by police and um, to a lesser extent, um, you know. They weren't to be yeah, fond think- with their street racing thing, like you said, Fiona. Uh, sorry, uh, guys, go away. Take away with it. So, sorry, Scott. Um, yeah, I just wanted to um, touch on that a little bit. Um, talking about things like um, Tony Hawk's and and Need for Speed. I think when it comes to licensing and public perception of products, it's really important that whatever the product is involved in reflects what's in the game so you know when you see companies that are involved with say gt and the racing scene you know they're being reflected exactly how it is in the real world that way and i think they do seem to find um it difficult to sort of create a connection between two industries that yes might be created in society but they it's not their desired um perspective so it's it's really hard um in the the gaming scene as well meshing kind of motorsport in games because a lot of people in motorsport in for what what we've found anyway don't really understand the gaming world at all yeah um, especially in the mobile market you know trying to understand how the reach that the mobile market has and how that can correlate to um, brands being effective and 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 reaching a whole new audience and trying to tap into a younger audience and reaching people they might not necessarily be able to do so from conventional advertising, conventional media. Um, it's hard to really sell that. Yeah. Well, that's a really good point, actually. Um, I, in my research on this, I unfortunately, it was the only uh, manufacturer that I could find that had a lot of information on this was Ford. Um, now, they, they had reports um, uh, stating that advertisements are extremely worthwhile to their brand. Um, in research conducted by Interpret, they discovered that participants of an in-game Ford ad exposure um, saw a 36% increase in brand rating and a 28% increase in purchase consideration. Um, wow. There's plenty more stats to go with it there, but like pretty, that's pretty considerable um, of a jump. Um, oh, definitely. I mean, you, you look at the, the way conventional media is done on a billboard at a racetrack and, you know, an event... We, we were at um, Long Beach, uh, a Formula Drift event uh, in March, just to do as some um, you know uh, research and to connect with some of the people that we wanted to build further relationships, which we have now since. But seeing the odd twenty-ish thousand people that come through there over the weekend, and there's no guarantee on who exactly sees a billboard that is in some random spot on the track or some random spot throughout the event. Um, there's no way to calculate that data or to basically sell that data. So it seems strange that people are, and companies are so happy to go, yeah, bang, we'll, we'll, we'll spend 20, 30, whatever thousand dollars. Yeah, on something, something so static. And, um, you and, know. Then, and, then, and when you have a product where you go, all right, we, we, can, we can guarantee you 20 million people are going to see this product mm. or what, you know, you know 50,000 or whatever the number is and, and guarantee that metric to someone that it, it comes it comes across as um, not necessarily negative, but because it's so untested, I guess, or it's unused that it's yeah. like, oh, this must be bad or something. And also such um, like a dangerous kind of area for them. Um, I know, uh, so the Ford licensing manager, Mark Bentley, um, says uh, that he, you know, they don't want to see their cars flipping over for unknown reasons or catching fire or or what he yeah. called a thermal event. Um, you know, they, they don't want anything happening for no reason. Um, you know, if you're driving poorly in the game and end up rolling the car, you know, that's that can be explained. But, you know, say he, they said they'd never appear in a burnout game, you know, where destruction is the point of the game. 
Um, and you know, for, on, the, on the flip side, for instance, um, you know, Ford had to get permission from developers um, to share screenshots of their cars. Um, you know, but like you said, sometimes the car industry really, uh, you know, doesn't get it. Um, you know, and they'll they'll put their foot down and not kind of understand it is exactly what it is they're doing. Totally, and I think it, it was funny you said about burnouts because I guess there's there's no real kind of sanctioned burnout competition like there is in say competitive drifting or competitive racing or time attack or or those kinds of motorsport based ways which is it's it's ironic because you have Ford cars and Mustangs in drifting and they get destroyed and we've come yeah. across similar things where it's about yeah defamation of a product or and it, I think it's not just the defamation of the product it's the intent of the defamation of the product like how how is it being is it being used how it should be in it, how the product is intended to be used so like a drift car and it's being that's been sanctioned by Ford and you know been sponsored by or whoever um, is designed to run walls. It's designed to, you know, there's gonna be times when they smash. So yeah, it kind yeah. of comes with and it's accepted, I think. Yeah. And, and and like you know, you're not dealing with street cars in this instance, you know, if we're talking about drifting or whatever. These are race cars, so they don't the same yeah. rules shouldn't apply. Like I remember uh, uh, on this Ford tip again, because they have just so much information available. Um there's uh in the uh, in the thriller in the the, the Xbox 360 game Alan Wake, um, yep. a Ford appears in that, um, and it gets into an accident, um, and you know they they had to make sure the cars had airbags and that the safety uh, you know and um, rep- was represented well in the game and they had their legal team involved and whatever you know, uh, so in in saying that though like developers are actually paying. I'm sure you guys can speak for yourselves, but no, there's a lot of some developers are actually paying the auto manufacturers to include their cars in the games. So you know, this is a great revenue generation for them. Hundred percent. I mean, it, it definitely is. I mean, it can it can go you know both ways really, um, depending on on how on how it's used, and obviously that depends from product to product. Um, but it 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 does create some substantial substantial design problems as well. Um, Especially if you're through a process of development and something's maybe not finalised, or you know a deal goes sour, you might be banking on that from a from an advertising perspective, or you know like a benchmark to use as a, a, a point to pivot off for say the game's you know slated release or whatever it may be. And if those things fall through, it can really shatter the whole game's you know production or even this the game's success. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially on the production uh, time wise, you know, I. I I read something um, going back to 2012 saying that digitizing automobiles in a meticulous process. Um, uh, sorry, yeah, basically that Polyphony Digital spent six months worth of man hours on each of the premium cars in Gran Turismo 5, which is a pretty in- incredible amount of man hours. And now I, I don't know if there's how much truth in that, but, you know, say if you had a manufacturer pull out, that's a lot of lost time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and. and- yeah, it is. And that's, that's lost money, right? Like, time, yeah. time's money. <laughs> well, we've probably given that enough time. Obviously, I think uh, this is a good thing. <laughs> you know, um, the future, uh, future sales for kind of manufacturers are through young players, I think, is a great way for them to invest in their future. Uh, and I think they should let loose a little bit. Um, but obviously, it's their, um, you know, their rights and their... Um, all their livelihoods, so they have to take it seriously. But in saying that, this is also a stat that goes back many years. Um, in-game advertising will be is is 
uh, a two point eight million dollar billion dollar industry uh, as of five years ago. So it might be something that they want to get involved with if they're not already. Next. Oh, there is a there is an uphill battle with that. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you'll be able to tell us about that in a minute while we jump into our next topic. Hey there! If you're enjoying the show and you want to hear more, subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, or listen on pixelsift.com.au. See you there. Lucky Bets and Jeff Hayes are from Grease Monkey Games in Melbourne. Tonight they've joined us to talk about their upcoming release, Talk Drift, which is a competitive drifting game that looks to put in the control of real-life cars on the mobile platform. Thanks for joining us again today, guys. Thanks for having us. It's been great. Sweet. Um, For people playing at home uh, that may not automatically know what the game is by the name, maybe not familiar with drifting, what's Talk Drift all about? Oh, what's Talk Drift all about? I'll let Jeff, Jeff take this one. Well, I'll take the reins for a little bit, I guess. Pull my weight. Um, well, essentially, it's it's drifting on a mobile phone. Um, that's pretty much what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it as real as possible for the, the gamers. You can have battles with your mates. You can have tournaments. Like, your own server. Yeah, Lockie? Up on this no, sorry, that was me. I was just about to say for the uninitiated as well, uh, drifting is yeah, just was... basically sliding your car sideways uh, oh, competitively and as bestly thing. as you can. <laughs> like, considering that oh, Jeff wow. actually throws his car sideways, I passed it off to him to be able to say, Dude, well, throw sideways like I do in my real car, but no? Okay. <laughs> Dude, I was going to say... I, I can't I... even fathom that, man. Like, everyone that I know knows drifting is yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. yeah. It is, it's yeah. hard to try. So you're obviously yeah. uh, fans of motorsport sport to some, or at least a, a, a big extent. Um, what actually made you um, get involved with it or uh, start making this game? Um, I think we've seen drifting as kind of an untapped market, especially like it's a very, very up and coming rising sport globally. Um, not so much here in Australia. Um, people are trying to do... It's definitely mm. growing. It's, yeah, gro- it's yeah. growing. Everywhere you look, it's growing. With, with, with things like uh, Formula Drift in the States, um, the IEDC, the Irish Drift Championship, yeah. and then British Drift Masters. And there's a lot of um, uh, circuits around the world that are kind of really pushing the sport. And, and the sport's come quite um, a distance in the last like 10, 10, 12 years. Um, and it's just really enjoyable. Um, it's, I, I mean, I'm going to be speaking, I think Jeff and I will both be extremely biased because I've loved drifting since I was about 12, 12 13 years old. Right. So it was the maddest thing ever. Um, but as I said, I think it's more from the accessibility part from a video game. And that comes from how the competitive nature of the sport is. When you watch normal racing, you sit in a spot and you watch cars come past. Meh. Uh, you're like cool that was awesome and then you watch drifting and it's two cars right next to each other hammering at 120 k's an hour sideways around corners and they go off then they swap then there's another two that do it in the exact same spot so you're seeing this continual action over and over and over and over and over and over again and as a spectator it's amazing yeah so every second is intense so it's relentless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a and, relentless sport on the and, car and the drivers. And that's as a spectator, let alone as a driver. Yeah. And as a as a as a <clears throat> gamer, you know, whenever I've picked up a motorsport game, whether it be 
you know, Underground 2 or yeah. Forza or um, Furidashi or all these ones, you want to drift. You want to drift hard. It's the only reason and, I, like, love Gran Turismo as much as I do, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I think that the days of going fast, the, the old F1 days coming out of the, the 80s and, and into mm. the, the peak of the 90s and stuff, that's dead. You know, yeah. it's gone. You know, you see, you're seeing huge um, falls of NASCAR and all sorts of other in, um, motorsport industries are just not pulling their weight because it seems like the general masses of audience they just want more. They want something different and new. Yeah, and absolutely. We feel that that's that's drifting, um, and and it's just fun and it's just awesome. Like it is, it just looks yeah. awesome. <laughs> Even when you take away the the competitive side of things, it's just an awesome sport to get around with your friends. Just so so you guys have obviously uh, have have a bit of racing or drifting experience yourself in real life. Um, how do you think that's helped you with the development of the game? Tenfold, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> much, yeah. Um. To understand where a transition should happen, to understand where the weight should go, to, to understand how camber affects when loads put on the car in the, mid, in the middle of a drift, or how toe adjustment affects the you know, rear toe adjustment affects the ability for the car to snap back, and 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 how those engineering sort of concepts within cars has shifted so much, if not kind of polar opposite to racing. So learning. You can you can sit and learn about it from a piece of paper or you'll read um, what professionals say and whatever, but until you actually do it, until you see it, until you feel it, mm. it, it, it kind of means nothing, really. Yeah, someone can teach you how to do it, but it's not until you're in the car and you feel the weight transfer and you let go of the steering wheel and you catch it and then you get back on that power. Like You just have to do it, you know what I mean? It's It's got to come from, like, you just got to know, like, deep down, like, what's going on. And that's why we hide out a racetrack and we brought all the boys down there yeah. and everyone in the office we got down there put them behind the wheel and we got everyone sliding and then we came back and after that just the game just started getting so much better so much faster and mm. yeah it really made a big difference and we think that's what is going to make the difference i mean yeah. we we made a pinnacle point where we were sort of had a had a good idea of what we wanted and how the game was feeling um from the speed of the cars to the handling and then we went to america and we, we were at FD and we came back from that and pretty much took all the balance stuff we'd done up to that point and threw it away and kind of and kind of started not necessarily from scratch but but pretty much started from scratch of like all right this is our new benchmark this this is what we want to um, work towards um, thousand horsepower cars drifting at you know 140 k's around a corner yeah <laughs> so what crazy one. <laughs> Sorry, so what crucial aspect of drifting did you absolutely want to include in this game? I think battles. Battles, yeah. The the, the closeness um, and, tense, and intense nature of battling with an opponent. Running the... So taking a corner so far. So speed for one. And then I guess the, the level of detail and dexterity in controls. So that when you're running up, right up on someone's door that you can hold it and transition the whole way um, together and reading your um, reading your opponent. Um, that was really, really important for us from a control perspective. And then after that, it was also track layouts. Track layouts have been super, super important so that you can, as a chase driver, be prepared where the lead driver is going to be so that you can get those really awesome transitions so you know where to break to let them pass and those kinds of things. Well, bringing this into our licensing topic a little bit, I did notice uh, a little Abisu circuit jump type thing in the trailer. Um, you know, are there, is there much help of real world aspects in the game, uh, courses and cars and such? 
Um, so we're under the process of licensing everything for the game. Amazing. So yeah, and that's what I was saying before about it being difficult. Yeah, no doubt. Um, from a, a huge part is not just the gameplay in the, the the essence of the drifting, but it's also from the customization. So if if fifty percent fifty percent of drifting is actually drifting, and the other fifty percent is building a car. Well, um, that is another question I was going to f- follow up with, like the the modifications and customizations in the game. Um, yeah. You know how how far can you go into it? That's huge. So that's everything from complete suspension setups, from um, uh, coilovers that adjust ride height to damper to spring stiffnesses. From Toes, everything. To camber, dough. Everything to um, live your Derifto yeah. dreams out. Car- caster, yeah. yeah, all all exhaust. All your, all your stance nation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can slam that thing and put eleven yeah. degrees camber on both wheels if you want to. Just cause. Yeah. Ridiculous, yep, and we do it every now and everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was yes. Yeah, so so that, so that was that was really important for us as well. Is we're trying to make a game that appeals to people that go and watch this stuff that will want to be a part of this or want to do it themselves. If we're not doing it from a sense of of, of a real world perspective, um, we lose legitimacy. We lose authenticity. So it's harder to to gain those. Basically, get get a. Uh, we feel like it enables us to get a widespread audience or wider spread or audience um and we think it just improves the general um i guess feel or vibe of the game when it's when, when they see that there's a product that yeah they can get in real life well yeah no you all of a sudden get you know the the authenticity and all the other uh, loaded things that come with having that guy in the game <clears throat> um on your audience um that you just kind of brought up what, what who do you figure your audience is going to be uh you know is this a game for car enthusiasts first um, I mean, I think it's it's weird because we're trying to build it towards both. Um, and when I say both, I mean uh, the car gamer audience, but the car, and the car enthusiast enthusiast audience. Yeah, I do. I do think the latter does naturally form a larger portion of that audience, um, which is something we're trying to change. Like we're trying to, especially um, from people from different areas, not just US, not just England, you know, we're trying to get drivers that, because um, we have signed drivers in the game that are, are, um, are legitimate Formula Drift drivers. And speaking of licensing, that's one of the ways that helps us sort of get our foot in the door is that we have their cars licensed from them because they own it. Yeah, right. And well, there's the- kind of like a third party usage of their sponsors and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's there's kind of like a, a small... Uh, or it just just makes it easier um, to sort of get that over the line, and then people um, get the chance to have the driver that they really like or idolize in the game. They get their car; they can try it out. Every car has its own personality, yeah. So, and that's that's set up for how they like to drive it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So you can kind of get a feel for how they have it and try to set your own car up like that as well. Mm. So we have a we, question we... from the chat here from Society Wants Me Dead. And I have to agree with them. When I first saw it, the game, the trailer and the gameplay, I thought it was a PC game or a console game. The graphics are just absolutely amazing. And uh, Society Wants Me Dead wants to know, are you guys going to bring this game to PC at all? Great question. Yes and yes. We're bringing oh. it to all, all, all platforms. So, oh, nice. Amazing. Uh, yeah, P- PC, um, a console release is slated end of 2019. Oh, wow. Um but um, that will likely change. We don't know. It's kind of just a very broad, um, out there kind of time. 
um, and PC will, might be around the same time, could be later. Keep in mind that both console and PC will have full steering wheel support. Um, we we want to be, and this is kind of what I, another challenge that we've, we've, we've been going through this process of trying to have quality steering wheel support in a drift game, but it's very hard when you very don't hard. have proper feedback. Mm. You don't know where the car's kind of going as yeah. opposed to racing. So it's been this, this ongoing battle for quite a while, but we'll, we are determined to do it because we want it to be better than a few of the other titles that are out there that we personally think aren't doing it good enough. Um, and we want to sort of take take the reins and hit top spot with it, really. And how's that uh, experience been for you uh, over the project, obviously, t- tackling such a passionate project for you, both of you, um, but surely exciting, I guess, and challenging. Uh, what's that been like? Oh, Jeff, you go. <laughs> I reckon it's been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I've had yeah. so much fun, man. It's yeah. It, yeah, it is. There's, there hasn't been a single bad moment in my GMG career. Yeah, yeah. I just want to get the game out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the code. I got to say the only thing. Yeah, that... but then when we're so close to getting everything ironed out, another crazy good idea comes, and then we put mm. that in there. It changes another six things, and then everyone's busy again. Uh, so I've got a question from Blue S13. Uh, will Dino Tuning be in the game? No. I mean. I assume that you would probably just have the power added up yeah. when you do the modifications. Essentially, yeah. I mean, Dino would be a bit of a novelty. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that we could definitely add in the future. <laughs> now that you've mentioned it. Now that you've mentioned it. Um, no, we can't add more stuff. <laughs> it's September. Let's get it out. Yeah. Let's do this. No, we all are. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll fit it in. Should be right. <laughs> All right, so Dino. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's funny we keep talking about GT and Forza and games. Like I said, of course, I come up a, yep. a, a fair bit, and um, and Dino tuning for us, we feel we we want Talk Drift to sit in the middle between an arcade game and a simulation mm. because there's aspects of both that are really enjoyable, and there's aspects of both that kind of really suck. So. That was kind of a really clear design choice from the beginning of the entire project. Going right, this is this is what this is our goal. This is what we want it to be like. This is what we want it to feel like, and trying to find a middle ground that not only players can enjoy from from motorsport, from people who know nothing about cars can enjoy as well. That just like mobile games or people who just like it, but then as well from the real world part stuff that could people that can get on board really so, sink their teeth into it. Yeah, so so when we look at stuff like a dyno, that kind of, in my personal opinion, and I think that tips it towards a little bit more of the simi side of things, mm. um, which not necessarily might not happen in the future, but that kind of kind of slightly goes against our whole sort of design philosophy with the game. Um, we have another yeah, so- question from the chat there uh, from Zeus Caboos. Uh, he says, "What rewards or end goals?" can we expect in the game? Um, the highest ranking that is king. <laughs> um, um, there's been a lot of conversation about Endgame um, and it's something that we are really, really focused on. Um, we kind of don't want to mention too much because we, we want players to get there. Mm. and no Spoilers, um, it, please. Yeah, kind of mm. just explore that for themselves. Um, the point being is that uh, up to end game is 
so rewarding of constantly playing with people. Um, you're constantly playing against other players. It becomes addictive. Um, getting a full legendary car is one of the most um, biggest goals you can go for. And getting one, trust me, you'll be a person that people will know. And it'll be awesome. <laughs> Um, so that is an, an angle is pretty awesome. Got plenty more uh, questions coming in through the chat. Um, for those of you that have just joined us, um, you are listening to Pixel Sift, of course. And we are joined by Lockie and Jeff from Grease Monkey Studios, and we're talking about their game, Talk Drift. Um, like I said, plenty more questions from the chat coming through. Uh, this one's coming from Rooney Tunes. Uh, is the studio looking at porting the game to the Nintendo Switch or just the main two consoles? Um, we it's it's been spoken about. Um, the Switch is the friend of the indie game. Yeah, it's it's um, it's been yeah, it is. It's been <laughs> spoken about, and that's kind of where it is left. I mean, um, where our primary focus is main two consoles, really. Um, yeah, that's going to be like certification for all that. It just time anyway you know so uh that's kind of our main focus but it would be pretty awesome we've seen videos of people that have the um the controller control for their phone and it's it, it's it's pretty cool to be able to to have that 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 level of control on such a small device and to be portable so well um mitch uh the uh, one of the producers from today actually wanted to know uh, if there would be controller support for the mobile because his mobile does Except controllers, and he wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it totally does. Uh, part of our part of our beta, um, some uh, people were sending us videos of, of of them using the controllers, the Bluetooth ones, and all sorts of stuff. That's awesome. That's um, something that we, yeah, we encourage people to, to to play how they want to. We'll go, we'll take one last question from the chat, and I think we will wrap it up, guys. Uh, this one's coming from New Vision. Uh, how do you all feel about the different interpretations of the sport? Does the game thematically situate itself in one particular interpretation, i.e. Formula Drift and D1GP, ends of the spectrum, and grassroots or street drift culture? How do you approach this? That's a really, really good question. Yeah, I mm. love that. Yeah. I love that question. Yeah, I think, Jeff, Jeff, you can take this. Oh, dude, don't throw the ball at me. <laughs> teamwork, guys, teamwork. <laughs> yeah. well, we'd love to obviously get everything. Wouldn't we? We're looking at spanning out and trying different cars, and you know, hundred percent. Yeah. So right now we're we're focusing more on the FD aspect of it. Mm-hmm. We want to get big names, big drivers, big horsepower, big lock. You know, all the fun stuff. <laughs> I, I saw some reverse should... entry super today. I think on a trailer. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was awesome. So you're trying to uh, you do a bit of both. You, you, you're covering the kind of grassroots street drift culture as well as uh, focusing, like you said at the moment, on the, the the professional D1 big name brand stuff. Everything from you know we have drivers from Ireland who aren't necessarily as big as say Mad Mike. Yeah, we have um, guys like Darren Kelly from um, uh, New Zealand that drive in the circuit over there. So. Um, We've reached out to guys in Australia as well that that are that are up and coming in other circuits around the world. We we kind of have designed a system that enables us to 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 fit in in every bracket because at the end of the day, if you're grassroots and you have enough money, you can get a thousand horsepower if that comes. Yeah. Um, the cool the coolest thing about that is if 
if we assign you into the game and you're grassroots, you might not have that reach. But once you're in the game, then your reach is worldwide. And the local companies that that want to sign up and yeah. anyone pretty much that is, you know, about growing the community, just get them involved. And it's just going to help the whole scene of drifting just expand. Well, we, we've got plenty of people waiting for it. Um, I've been playing Talk Burnout myself for a little while. Um, yeah, yeah. But I was just so impressed by every aspect of the game. You know, you've, the real life engine shops you have in it, you know, the, the summer nuts, um, things in the background and calendars there and, the fact that you've got the real burnout cars in there as well, um, yeah. and just the amazing stu- uh, detail that went into it. Um, very much looking forward to the talk drift coming out. Um, for the people playing at home, when is the due? When is it due to launch? We knew this question was coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's coming in October. Right. Yeah. Are we? Uh, is, is that a confident October? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, the, that's it. The beta is starting to. Wind down now. Yeah, yeah so that's closed, yeah, is it not? Closed, but not completely closed. Ah, oh, so it's like so, un- yeah. officially closed, unofficially open. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so yeah. no more players can be added. Yeah. Um, we have so many messages coming in oh, every day. Flat out. <laughs> I, want to get on, I want to get on it. I want to get on it. It's like it feels like that's just my job. <laughs> yeah. It's like see, Fee said though, it is such an impressive looking game, um, and. I, I, that's kind of why I was really looking forward to speaking to you guys because I, I knew just by watching it that you were you know racing fans because the detail and just the um the way the cars move you know looks make looks like you're watching uh you know a video of it. Yeah, I mean that's, that, that's also want. been such a huge um challenge, um staring at numbers and making sure the numbers feel right and and making sure the balance of all the parts and the rarity system of all the parts and nothing overcomes you know overshadows the other and that's all balanced and it makes sense and yeah it's it's been good it's been it's been very good huge learning curve just like <laughs> any any big project right you know you kind of go down a go down a rabbit hole you stumble a bit you know you dig yourself another bigger hole and then you claw yourself out and then you learn for the next one to go all right well that, i'm gonna do this instead yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, if people want to uh, follow the game up to the launch, where's the best place to follow you guys online? Um, Insta is probably our best. Um, Instagram, Facebook, um, our website is greasemonkeygames.com. It's just at TalkDrift and Facebook TalkDrift. Um, we're pretty active on Instagram. Um, we, we try and post as much as we can of silly things and stuff with the game and, and things we're doing with cars and got project cars and all sorts of stuff so stay tuned to all that stuff we try and connect with our audience as much as we can fantastic Aside from, from nice. answering questions of when it's going to come out <laughs> <laughs> well yes yeah. uh, hopefully uh, we'll be waiting for this uh, for the hopeful release next month uh, thank you very much for joining us today uh, uh, that's Lockie Betts and Jeff Hayes from Fitzroy's Grease Monkey Games thanks guys Awesome. Thanks for having us, bro. Um, thank you all for joining us for another episode of Pixel Sift. And especially, again, thank you to Lockie and Jeff for spending some time with us this evening and telling us all about their game Talk Drift. Uh, this episode has been hosted by myself, Scott Quigg, and, of course, Fiona Bethalomaos. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> I'll get it better next time. It was produced by Mitch Lowe. And, of course, let's not forget our executive producer, Gianni Giovanni. even though he's not here anymore or never here anymore anyway. Thank you very much to Murdoch University School of Arts for supporting Pixel Sift through all 105 episodes. If you'd like to learn more about a great creative degree, go to murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts. 
As always, we'll be sticking up links and topics we've talked about in the show notes on our website at www.pixelsift.com.au. The absolute best thing you can do is head to pixelsift.com.au forward slash discord if you want to keep up with everything we're doing. We post everything there first and you can chat to us about what you're playing, articles you've read or share the cool work you do. That's pixelsift.com.au forward slash discord. We've also got other social media pages too like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search for Pixelsift. Fiona, if people want to listen to other episodes, where should they go? So you can go to our website to stream episodes, uh, subscribe to a podcast, our podcast either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, or wherever you watch and listen to your podcasts. We're on all of them. We're live every Thursday. Next week at this time is Pixel Sift Players, so join us as we play some of the indie games that we feature on our show and others. Our next podcast episode is on the 4th of October. That's it. While you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could give us a review and a star rating, that would really help other people find our show. Or even better, load up an episode of Pixel Sift on your friend's phone if you think they'd love it. That's all. Thank you very much. We're out. Peace. Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Mm-hmm.